Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for December 6th, 2017. Uh, very special because Matt and I are recording this in person, so I don't know how the audio is going to sound because we're just recording into Matt's phone. Uh, but 10-game slate, some good spots. First game on the slate is the Atlanta Hawks at the Orlando Magic. From the Atlanta side of the game, the one guy we can really count on for production is Dennis Schroeder, but he's just too expensive for me. I think he's a high floor at his current price, but for GPPs, it's just too much for me to pay for him. I think Ursan Ilyasova at 4800 makes some sense as a GPP play. He only played, uh, what was it, 20 minutes last game, 24 minutes the game before, but he did get into really early foul trouble last game against the Nets. So I do think his minutes are a bit of a concern because of how low that they've been, but I do think there's upside for him because we did see three games ago he played well over 30 minutes and had a monster fantasy point game. So he does have that kind of upside. From the Magic side of the game, I am once again on Alfred Payton, who's, I, I'm actually, I, Matt says I always call him Alfred, but I say, I think I'm saying Alfred, but yeah, I, I, don't I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't really know how it comes across. It's not Alfred, it's Alfred. Yeah, but, there's an E. All right, so it's 6,500. <laughs> Payton's my favorite play on the Magic. I think he makes a lot of sense. He's been much better lately. He's now scored uh, at least 26 fantasy points in seven consecutive games. So that's, that's fine for his price if his floor is somewhere around 27 fantasy points and then his ceiling, the high 40s, low 50s. So I think he's a good play. And then, let's see, what do the other rankings look like for everybody? Uh, I think Jonathan Simmons and Evan Fournier also make some sense as plays. As Matt pointed out the other day, since Terrence Ross got hurt, they've both been playing a lot more minutes. So I like them a little bit. Uh, Vucevic and Gordon are both a bit too expensive for me. Yeah, this sounds really similar to what we said about both teams the other night. Uh, Gordon's price has gone up a lot, so those Magic wing players are probably a lot better plays on any slate going forward, and especially while Ross is out. Peyton, yeah, I think is someone we're targeting almost every night, and it's a really good matchup with Dennis Schroeder guarding him. Uh, And then Schroeder himself has gotten a little pricey, so he was someone we liked a lot the last few weeks, but his price has gone up from, I think he was around 7,000 for a while, now he's 8,200. So I agree with you on Urson, but I don't really like the Hawks' side of the game. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think it's just a couple guys that play on the perimeter for the Magic don't have much interest in Vucevic or Gordon either. All right, so the next game we have Kings at Cavs, and we have a surprise actual guy who I'm fairly confident rostering for tomorrow. So the Kings sent Scalabissier down to the G League so that he could get more consistent playing time, and Willie Cauley-Stein also... Uh, back injury got ruled out for the next couple games. So we have some front court minutes opening up for the Kings. So Zach Randolph at 5,300. I think that he's a pretty safe bet to play 30 plus minutes if the game stays competitive. It's not guaranteed to stay competitive because I've watched a Kings game this year and they get blown out a lot. But with that said, Zach Randolph the last couple games, he's played over 30 minutes in both games, 48 fantasy points, 33 fantasy points. He's going to start at center for the Kings tomorrow. And as long as this game stays within striking range, he's going to play a lot of minutes. I think he's one of the better value plays on the slate. From the Cavs side of the game, yeah, guys like LeBron, Love, you could pay up for them. I think that there is a lot of risk involved paying those kinds of salaries for guys with this much blowout risk. And then also that the Kings play at a really slow pace. So even though they are uh, either last or second to last in the league in defensive efficiency, They've been able to limit fantasy production from other players just by playing not a lot of possessions in any single game. Yeah, I'm off the Cavs for this matchup, too. It's both of those reasons. I think I'm less concerned about the blowout and more just concerned about the pace because the Cavs are just generally overrated. They're bad defensively. 
So it's maybe easier for teams to stay close with them than most people realize. And then I think that definitely helps Zach Randolph that, yeah, maybe the Kings get blown out, but I think it's more likely than not that it's at least a 15 or less point game going into the final stretch of the game, last six minutes or so, let's say. And then uh, Darren Fox, too, I guess it's probably just too cheap. His prices come down. His minutes have kind of come down, but they haven't come down, I think, enough to warrant the big price drop. And this is a favorable matchup. So I think if you're going to use Randolph, maybe pairing him with one other Kings player makes sense. And Fox would probably be the only other guy from Sacramento that I would use. Yeah, let me just check out Fox's minutes real quick. So uh, Darren Fox, now 4600 and he's been priced. I mean, we've seen him around 5000 I think he's been in the low 4000s a bit recently. And, yeah, it's tough for me to trust the just the minutes, though, the last couple of games, 20 minutes, 27, 24, 23. I think maybe worth a GPP flyer, but he's not somebody who I really have, like, a lot of exposure to. Yeah, I think I agree with that just for GPPs. Uh, he's got some GPPness to him. Yeah, All he right, definitely so next, does. He's got GPPness. Next game, uh, Bulls at Pacers. So another game that's a potential blowout, which is, I mean, this is how bad the Bulls are because the Pacers are not particularly good, but they're massive favorites in this game. From the Bulls, there's nobody who I really ever love to roster. Uh, Lori Markkinen, Chris Dunn, and Denzel Valentine generally all get minutes. Uh, Valentine's minutes have actually been a bit down recently. Nobody who I'm really all that excited about. If you you really want to roster a Bulls player, those would be the guys uh, from the Pacers side of the game. Victor Oladipo has been really, really good this year, and he is now priced at, I'm sure it's too high. Yeah, 8900 That's too high for me for Oladipo. So as good as Oladipo's been this year, there's a lot of it that I think should regress. He's shooting uh, 48% from the field, which is easily a career high. The steal and block numbers are ridiculously high. There's no way I could see him keeping that up. The one guy who I'll throw out as a GPP play is Miles Turner because I seem to always like him as a GPP mm-hmm. play. He actually smashed Dennis Canner when he was on the court last game. The issue was that the Pacers won that game by such a one-sided margin. The Kings, the, uh, the Knicks took their starters out with 9.32 left in the third quarter, which is the earliest I've ever seen a team pull the starters. Miles Turner played pretty well this year, uh, last game. He's had some good games this year. He definitely hasn't been consistent. He gets in foul trouble. This is another game where he could definitely go off really favorable matchup, and I still like his talent. He's going to be more expensive than 6200 at some point this season. Yeah, Miles Turner is definitely my favorite player from the game. I do sort of trust the Bulls to keep it close just because the Pacers aren't that good. The spread's 9.5, so there's way less blowout risk here than, let's say, the Cleveland game. And I think people may assume blowout risk because the Pacers did just beat the Knicks by so much. But this still isn't that good of a team, and even though the Bulls are bad, I think it probably ends up being a 10 or less point game. Um, I think that that spread, maybe it's a little inflated because of the recency bias on Indiana. But either way, even if it is somewhat of a blowout, Turner's price is so low that he's worth taking the risk on. I mean, I wouldn't really use him for cash games, but he's probably one of the stronger GBP plays on the slate. All right, next game on the slate is the Dallas Mavericks at the Boston Celtics. This game is going to be a fade for me. Uh, both teams play at pretty slow pace. Boston, the best defensive team in the NBA, and also a game with some blowout risk. So I don't really have much interest in either side. And the other issue with Boston is even though they have a lot of good players, the production tends to be spread out a little bit, and nobody's really all that cheap. All the guys are kind of priced up right now. Yeah, Wes Matthews is actually priced down a little bit at 4200 So if I had to pick one player, I think it's him. But yeah, I don't really have much interest in the game either. 
All right, so next game is the Memphis Grizzlies at the New York Knicks. From the Knicks side of the game, Tim Hardaway's stress reaction in his leg, he's expected to miss two to eight weeks. Uh, that is quite the time frame that the doctor set up, two to eight weeks. So he could be back in a few games. He could be back never. And they also said that pending more tests, he could be out longer. So two to eight weeks plus maybe more time is the time frame on Hardaway's injury. Grizzlies, one of the better defensive teams in the league. Uh, Marcus Soule and Tyreek Evans would be the targets here. Evans has been priced up a little bit, but he scored over 30 fantasy points now in something like 17 of his last 20 games. He also has a plus matchup against the Knicks, who have struggled against point guards. Uh, Evans also has gotten more minutes since being moved into the starting rotation, so I think that he's usable. From the Knicks side of the game, big usage bump to Porzingis with Tim Hardaway out. Just the question is, how many minutes are the Knicks going to let Porzingis play? So if he's going to play unrestricted, I think he's a fine play at 8,100. If we find out that he's playing like 25 minutes or something like that, then he's not going to be in play. Yeah, I actually like Porzingis a lot if he's unrestricted. Uh, his price is just down a bit, I guess, because he was hurt. And, and, a, though, tough, and a tough matchup, so they priced that in a little bit. Yeah, it's been it's been over-accounted for, I think. Well, it's at least accounted for fairly, but I would, I would argue it's been a little bit over-adjusted. So... With all those factors added in, what the price doesn't account for is the fact that Hardaway's out. And the Knicks are actually three-point favorites for this game. Uh, I don't know if I'd buy that at all. But The Grizzlies, a lot of the Grizzlies have just been bad since Conley got hurt. They've lost, what is it now, like 12 of the last 13 games, maybe even more than that? Yeah, I mean, I guess that that still then favors the Knicks a bit. But the, the point spread here isn't really that relevant. I mean, the game should be close, but... The bottom line for picking players here is that Porzingis is too cheap. I think Tyreek Evans has gotten too expensive. So while he is pretty reliable at producing fantasy points, there are probably better players to use for 7,600. All right, next game, another pretty low-scoring game, Detroit Pistons at the Milwaukee Bucks. So Giannis Antetokounmpo, 11,100. I think that he's a strong guy to pay up for. Pretty matchup proof. The ceiling's been high this year. The floor has been high. DeAndre Drummond draws a favorable matchup against uh, not so great defensive Bucks front court. And then, since they're going to be matched up against Drummond, I think we could see some extra playing time for John Henson, who in general has been playing a little bit more recently. Definitely been playing more since they got rid of uh, Greg Monroe. Uh, actually, only played 21 minutes last game, but the games before that 29 minutes, 30 minutes, 24 minutes, 25 minutes. I think that in a game against a big like Drummond, they're going to need extra playing time from Henson. So, Henson, I think, is worth a GPP look at 4,600. Uh, other than that, like Middleton, Bledsoe, Reggie Jackson, like these type of guys are all fine, but I don't really think there's value in any of their price tags. Yeah, I guess there isn't. Um, I'm just thinking about Giannis in terms of needing to pay up for someone on the slate, and it doesn't seem like that's overly necessary. I think it's going to be kind of a spread out, balanced lineup construction. So while I think Giannis is probably fine, I don't really think there's going to be much room fitting him into too many lineups. So I think maybe a fair price for him, always a ton of upside. But yeah, this is a sort of an uninteresting game, but I do, I do agree with you on John Henson. The matchup does make sense for him to get extra playing time. And there is a guy who I prefer to pay up for instead of Giannis, and oh, that's the next game. Teasing it like uh, Well, the Denver Nuggets with New Orleans Pelicans. Anthony Davis has been ruled out for another game, so another big usage bump for DeMarcus Cousins. The Nuggets do rate out as a decent defensive team this year, but have been significantly worse on defense uh, since the injury to Paul Millsap, and then obviously Jokic is out too, so that's going to open up some minutes in the front court. Just the question is, wh- where are those minutes going to go? Because it looked like Miles Pl- uh, Mason Plumley was going to too many Plumleys. Uh, it looked like Mason Plumley was going to be the guy, 
But then what happened last game, Plumlee played seven minutes in the first quarter and just got obliterated last game against the Mavericks to where he didn't come back into the game until the end of the third quarter. So uh, Mason Plumlee only ended up playing, I think it was 18 minutes in that game. And I, th- I really do think that this is still a Mason Plumlee game. I think they need his size to match up against DeMarcus Cousins. Like, I can't imagine that, that the Nuggets are going to try playing a small ball lineup against Cousins because he would just murder that lineup. I think he kills Mason Plumlee tomorrow anyway, except if the idea where they're like, hey, we're going to try running some Kenneth Freed at center against, uh, against, uh, against Cousins. We're going to try, like, Wancho at center. Like, he would just destroy those guys. So I think they're going to have to play Plumlee. I'm going to use Plumlee and GPPs. I understand that he was so bad defensively last game they just couldn't play him. Just basically, the Mavericks were running pick and rolls at Plumlee, and it was an automatic basket every single time because he just kind of stands there on defense while people run around him. So there is some risk of that happening. But still, I like Plumlee as a value play, 4,700. And then we've got Rondo has been playing really well since Davis got hurt, uh, averaging about 40 fantasy points the last three games. Uh, Drew Holiday's gotten a usage boost, so he's a fine play. So there's a lot of good plays here. Oh, and then, of course, Etwan Moore, um, one of my favorite value plays on the slate. He played almost 40 minutes last game against the Warriors and had a huge game. So he's a strong play. So I think there's a lot of good guys to target. This should be a pretty competitive, high-paced game. So I'll say this is my favorite game to stack on the slate. Yeah, it definitely makes a lot of sense for stacking purposes because there are just so many independent value plays anyway that just all happen to be in the same game. The biggest takeaway from what you're saying, though, definitely is that this is an unbelievably strong matchup for DeMarcus Cousins. He's facing virtually no resistance on defense. Kenneth Fareed is one of the worst defenders in the NBA. Plumlee is pretty bad, too, and it seems like the type of matchup that he's going to be faced with is even worse for his game. I mean, Plumlee can probably do better uh, against, like, a post-up, down-low big man, the more traditional center type, but against someone who's as mobile as Cousins, it's probably going to be a nightmare so I like Cousins. I think I prefer Holiday and each one more and maybe Darius Miller to Rondo, who's priced up a little bit. But all those guys are definitely in play. And then, yeah, Plumley from the Denver side. Um, is there anyone else from the Nuggets that you would use for game stacks, or is it mostly just Plumley and then a bunch of the Pelicans guys? No, we could throw some Farton Will Barton in there. Um, <laughs> Gary Harris seems reasonable for yeah, you starting. Harris, is, Harris has played well recently. So I think that there's definitely a lot of guys that work as a game stack. And the other thing also is that we know for sure. Oh, the other thing also is Wilson Chandler's been playing on a minutes restriction. If Chandler's unrestricted tomorrow and he's going to be playing like 30-plus minutes, then I think he can make sense. But I, I expect him to be restricted after missing some time with the back injury. Yeah, so it's mostly Plumlee, but I think, yeah, Barton and Harris and maybe Fareed, I guess possibly Chandler, but it does seem like he'll be restricted. So it's there is a good core here. I mean, there's at least eight players that all individually would be good plays, and then they all happen to be in the same game. So this is... This is definitely, uh, for GPPs, by far the best stack target of the night. All right, next game, Warriors at the Hornets. Uh, Last Warriors game, late in the game, Steph Curry rolled an ankle, and after an MRI today, they said that he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. So he's out a minimum of two weeks. I expect him to miss probably closer to a month. So we're going to be looking at a pretty significant usage boost for Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson. Uh, Draymond Green also benefits with Curry off the floor just because the usage doesn't go up except he's more playmaking responsibility so he averages more assists per 36 minutes with Curry off the floor so I think all three of those guys are in play with with uh with Curry out the other thing that I think is interesting is what is the point guard situation going to be for the Warriors so the last game the Curry was out Patrick McCaw started but McCaw had to leave last game with uh he got hit in the face so if he isn't able to play then I would assume that Sean Livingston's going to have to play a lot of minutes. 
but that's kind of to be determined, and maybe they work in some other guys. Livingston's also been priced up a little bit, but if Livingston is starting and McCaw's out, then I think he makes sense at 4,400 because he's going to have to play a lot of minutes. From the Charlotte Hornets side of the game, Nicholas Batum's still all the way down at 5,700. He's been playing over 30 minutes regularly now. He actually put up uh, last game season-high 37 minutes, finished with 36 fantasy points. His shooting is really unsustainably low. He's shooting, what is it for the year now, 37%. He's not like a super efficient guy or anything like that, except he's going to shoot higher than 37% for the rest of the season. So Batum playing close to 40 minutes at 5,700. This is somebody who's almost every year priced in like the mid-7,000 range. There's definitely value in his price tag. Yeah, I agree with you on Batum, and I think generally I'm more inclined to play the Hornets guys. Uh, There's very little blowout risk here without Curry playing. The Hornets are only five-point underdogs at home. And I kind of think this is a tough matchup for guys like Durant and Green. I think there's some reason to use them because they're just the usage bump without Curry there. It's definitely just a better spot than usual for them. But going against guys like Batum and I guess most notably Michael Kidd-Gilchrist on defense, it could be sort of tough for Durant. And I'd much rather pay up for Cousins. It probably doesn't leave a lot of salary room for Durant. Um, so maybe more Draymond Green because he's a lot less expensive. But this, the spots to target for me, I think, are the Warriors point guard situation if we get some clarity. And then uh, Batum and maybe a couple other Hornets guys. But I think it's mostly Batum that makes makes a lot of sense to use. Yeah, I think uh, I, I'll definitely want to pay up for Durant just because of the big usage bump without Curry, just the question for me becomes how much value is going to be available on the slate because I still prefer to pay up for Cousins as opposed to Durant. So I don't know how viable it's going to be to have lineups with both of them. It just kind of depends how many other value plays we get. So next game, Spurs uh, playing the Heat. I am not going to be rostering anybody from the Heat side of the game. From the Spurs side, uh, Rudy Gay is pretty interesting to me because uh, Kyle Anderson Knee injury, he's expected to miss the next, I think it's two to four weeks. And in his place, Rudy Gay started last game. Gay played a season-high 32 minutes, most he's played coming off that Achilles injury in the offseason. So if we're going to be getting 30-plus minutes from Rudy Gay at a 5,200 price tag, I think that's a pretty good spot for him. Uh, Other than that, nobody who I really think makes for too strong of a target from the Spurs side of the game. There is some blowout risk here. So I'm going to be away from him. I just want to see, what is the price? Bam, Ayadabayo, 4000 I guess he's okay. Same with Olenek. But there's no, like, this is still a really tough matchup. So there's nobody I feel really comfortable rostering. Well, there is one guy from the Spurs who hits value way more often than not. I think he's just been priced way too cheap all season. Pau Gasol is only at, I think it was 5700 um, I don't know that the Kyle Anderson injury opens up more minutes for him, but I think his price is just too low. So I would, I think that's a fairly strong value, but yeah, there might just be better guys to use. So that's just someone who's potentially interesting if we're building balanced lineups because it just seems weird that Gasol, for his production level, is only still at fifty seven hundred. Yeah, it's really just because the minutes go up and down for him a lot, and it's kind of hard to predict. Like the other day, they played him sixteen minutes for like no real reason whatsoever. Yeah, so it's really hard. It's really hard for me to trust Pau Gasol just because that happens sometimes. Uh, so we have just one game left on the slate to talk about as Matt's dogs come in to try to make <laughs> a guest appearance on the podcast. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves at the LA Clippers. So from the Timberwolves side of the game, speaking of guys who were just underpriced, uh, Jimmy Butler, who was somebody who we were targeting for a little bit, still just 7,600. Butler's been playing really well recently. 
So I think that he makes for a decent value at 7,600. I think there's a lot of upside in Carl Anthony Towns at 8,100. So his usage has definitely been down a little bit this year. But I just look at the upside of, of Cat, who last year, let me look at his price. He was priced as high as 11000 last year. So I know that they have Jimmy Butler there, so he's a lesser role in the offense. But the upside for him at 8100 just makes him a really strong GPP play for me. And then from the Clippers' side of the game, Danilo Gallinari is questionable. So it's hard to make any really strong determinations on who's a good play for them just because we haven't seen Gallinari play for a really long time. I would assume he's going to have a really big role in the offense with Griffin out. So I think that Gallinari, when he's unrestricted, if he's going to be 5500 could be a really good play. I'm just not sure how long it's going to take for him to work up his minutes. Yeah, and if Gallinari is still out, I think Lou Williams is still usable at 7,100. His price had gone up, I think, a little bit above that uh, last week, and he hasn't been quite as good recently. There were a couple of games where he didn't He did play. score 45 fantasy points last game, though. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I guess that game was good, but there were a couple of games where the Clippers got blown out. I think the Mavericks game and the Jazz game, Lou Williams just yeah, didn't end up and even, even in Yeah, and even in a blowout against the Jazz, 35 fantasy points. Yeah, so either Lou Williams or Danilo Gallinari is probably a good play. I guess they both could be. If Gallinari's playing and restricted, then I guess I'd be off both of them. But there's a decent chance that one of them becomes a really strong play. All right, so that's going to wrap up today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at DFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at PreachingSense. Uh, we have a, let's see, oh, we have a, a usable slate on Thursday. So we'll be back tomorrow to talk about Thursday's games.